Some people seem to move almost effortlessly from planning into action, but appearances can be deceiving. It all comes down to having a process that works for you. I'm your host, M. David Green. Hack the Process is a show about looking at the systems and processes that we build our lives around to support mindful, meaningful progress. This show explores ways that people get past that pivot point, from having a fantasy to putting something real out there into the world. If you're ready to stop planning and fantasizing and start taking action, let's hack the process together. You don't have to wait until you've graduated from college to find your audience and start making a difference. Sasha Ariel Alston learned that as a teenager, when the Kickstarter campaign for Sasha Savvy Loves to Code, a children's book she wrote to empower girls of color studying the sciences, went viral and brought in more than three times its goal. In this episode of Hack the Process, Sasha will tell us how she juggles her writing and speaking career with being a full-time student, what she's learned about using social media while building her brand, and why she thinks STEM schools need to focus more on teaching across different skills. Today, I'm speaking with Sasha Ariel Alston, and she is an author who wrote a book called Sasha Savvy Loves to Code. Sasha, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm excited to meet you. I found out about your book, and I would love if you could tell our listeners a little bit about it. Yes. So the book Sasha Savvy Loves to Code is kind of based off of a lot of experiences that I've had. It basically follows a 10-year-old African-American girl who is from Washington, D.C., like I am. And her and her mom are trying to figure out what she should do for the summer. And so they end up deciding that it's best for her to try coding camp just because her mom is a software developer. And it'll be great for Sasha to kind of like learn about coding and technology. And so that's kind of how the book goes. It just talks about their daily lives, but also Sasha and her friends decide to go to the coding camp and just like how that process was for the girls. And so it kind of ends in a way where with the possibility of it being another book, and it will be another book. Okay. It sounds a little bit like life. You end one chapter, and then the next chapter is going to begin again. Right. Exactly. So was this based on an experience that you personally had at a coding camp? Yes. So in high school, I want to say, it was actually the summer before my freshman year at college. I went to a coding camp at UCLA, and it was like three girls I didn't know them, but I met them. We kind of like stuck together because the rest of the camp were boys. And so that's kind of like how it's similar because, you know, the three girls do go to the coding camp together. That's interesting. And you were going to to Los Angeles for this? You're not from Los Angeles though, right? Well, yeah, I was born in California, but my mom moved to D.C. probably when I was six to eight weeks. So I'm not, I don't really consider myself from California, but I do have family there. And so when I went to UCLA, I was able to stay with family while I was attending the camp. Oh, that's awesome. That that always makes it a lot easier, I think. Yeah, it's a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially when you're in a situation like that where you're surrounded by people. And you say that it was sort of a not as diverse a crowd as you would have liked to have seen. Right. And so with the camp, you could choose different, I guess, classes or courses. I did choose the iPhone app development. And so in that class, I think it was 20 of us, but it was only four girls. That's remarkable. And iPhone app development seems like something a lot of people would be attracted to. Right, exactly. And so we kind of just like stuck together since we were the only girls. (laughs) And since that was in 2015, like I still talk to those girls today. Oh, that's cool. So what was that experience like for you then being in that camp and trying to learn in in that environment? 
It was a great opportunity because by the end of the camp, we were able to make our own app. And also it wasn't as difficult or challenging just because a lot of the instructors were supportive and just all of the children in general. That was a great experience for me just because it was at a college. So since I was about to go to college, I was kind of able to see how, you know, a campus was and just the college students in general because the instructors were college students at UCLA. Oh, that's a nice way to work it. Yes, it was like very informative and like fun for me. Cool. And you came away with some tech development skills as well. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. But somehow that's not the direction you seem to be taking your career in. Yeah. So even though I, you know, know how to code and I'm interested in coding, I am also interested in business as well. And so my major is information systems, which is technology and business, and my minor is marketing. So I kind of want to go the business route of technology. Well, the marketing side of what you've done so far has been pretty impressive. So when you decided to write this book, I noticed you launched it on Kickstarter instead of going trying to go with a traditional publisher. Right. So I actually tried to go the traditional route, but when I sent out query letters to agents, either didn't get responses or I got rejections. And so my mom is an author as well, and she kind of had the same situation in a way. And so she self-published and she helped me with that process. And we just thought it would be great to actually raise money for a good cause to publish the book. And so that's why I chose Kickstarter. That's interesting. The Kickstarter can be kind of hard to work through sometimes. I'm curious how you how you figured it out. My goal is $5,000 just because it is a lot of money, but I do have a lot of supportive friends and family. So I, I kind of assumed that I would reach the goal within the month. I guess it was a month and a half, but I was able to reach my goal in four days, which was very shocking for me because actually in the beginning, a lot of the people were not <laughs> my family or friends. They're just people that I guess were interested in it from me sharing it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then by the end of the Kickstarter, I raised over $17,000. Wow, that's three times what you were asking for and more. Right. And so with that, that also meant that I had to publish more books, because if you donate it to the Kickstarter, you would receive a book based off of the amount. So say you donated $100, you received four books and four bookmarks. And so by the end of the Kickstarter, I think I had to ship 700 books just with me and my mom. <laughs> and I was actually... It was actually during finals when I said I was going to do that. So it was just like very difficult because I go to school in New York, but my mom is in D.C. So I kind of had to travel back to make sure everybody got their books on time. Wow. So you did the fulfillment yourself by hand. Yes. Me and my mom were literally doing the shipping labels, putting the books into the packages, going to the post office. If you were doing it again, would you do it the same way now? Yes, I think so. But I think that I probably would have gotten some help. <laughs> uh, definitely, because that was extremely stressful for both of us. Yeah, I was thinking there was like print on demand services that you might be able to use to do something like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that definitely could have been an option. But I love the, the savvy way that you dealt with the Kickstarter situation, because as you said, if you don't make your initial target, they don't give you anything. And I've seen a lot of cases where people aren't able to, you know, raise their amount and they leave with nothing, basically. Yeah. So you started with an amount that you knew you could get from just from friends and family, from people that knew you from the start. But those weren't the people who started off funding you. you apparently, you also built up a following on social media in order to get that going. Yes. Right. I think what helped me the most was LinkedIn, just because I have a lot of connections that are, you know, in technology, business and just 
STEM in general. And so I, I feel like a lot of people on LinkedIn were the ones that supported it because the LinkedIn post actually went viral. So I want to say I, I received over 7,000 likes on the post when I said, you know, I was announcing the Kickstarter. And then I can see the insights and over 400,000 people like viewed the post. Wow, that's almost half a million. That's amazing. Yeah, so I think I got a lot of sales on LinkedIn. But I, I can't tell, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> No, of course not. Have you figured out what it was that made that go viral in the first place? I'm assuming that it went viral just because there aren't really many STEM or like coding books to teach kids, and especially in a way of telling a story. It's more so, I don't know, I feel like since it was more of a story versus just kind of like telling kids how to code, that was beneficial. Also, I think since the STEM field is just very, not really diverse, and they're trying to like have more girls and more minorities interested in it. So the fact that I was an African-American teenager at the time, that benefited from it. I think that's going to appeal to your target readers as well. Yes, because a lot of girls that may look like me, they're able to see themselves, you know, in this career just because they're able to see, you know, African-American woman interested in technology, interested in coding. And you're young also, which means that you're fresh from this experience. You're not looking back on this as an adult looking back on, on her childhood. Right. And so I think that also helped that I was younger just because even me as a 20 year old, like if there's a conference, I'm more interested in the person that's 25, 27 versus the 40 plus year old, just because I can kind of like relate with them more and I can understand certain things that they've experienced just because we're not that far in age. And you're also going out and you're doing some speaking as well, right? Yes. So I've um, done a lot of speaking engagements. Last week, I spoke at a Microsoft event, which was in D.C. And that was very exciting because my first internship was at Microsoft. And so the people that I, I guess, worked with, I guess I can say, as an intern, they reached out to me to speak there. Internship is definitely work. I think it counts as work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard work too sometimes. What kind of an internship was it? Okay, so with this internship, there are about 20 interns and we were split into groups of four. So there was a project manager, a marketing manager, which was me, two gaming developers. And the purpose of it was to create gaming apps. And each week there was a challenge. So one week it was, you know, who had the best website because we had to create our own websites, a blog. The second week was like how many social media people were able to get. So just like very fun just because, you know, it was like a competition, but we were also supporting one another. And what I liked particularly about the internship was that each week someone would come in to talk to the interns. So like say the person was a marketing manager, all the marketing manager interns would speak with that person and they'll try to help us with like what we can do to make the, our team better. Internships can be great for getting some exposure to how companies really work. Yes. And I basically say that that internship made me realize that I wanted to be in technology and business overall, just because in high school, even though I went to a STEM based school, I wasn't as interested in it. But having that real world experience allowed me to. So that's interesting. So you, you went to a STEM based high school, but this somehow technology wasn't appealing to you at the time. Not at all. So the tracks were technology and under technology, it was cybersecurity, computer science or Photoshop, which is like digital media, engineering, biotechnology or mass media. And so I just chose technology just because 
honestly, I didn't even know about coding. I just thought that the only technology was just like fixing computers and stuff <laughs> like that, like fixing devices. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just choose that. And so once I got into the actual track, I saw like there's various things that you can do with technology, but it wasn't really appealing. And so that's why I deemed that internship, just because I was able to see how it really works in the real world versus just in class. Because they really didn't explain like what you can do with this. They just taught us the skills. That's interesting. As a STEM school, they were focused on teaching the skills, but they weren't really giving you the context. Yeah, I didn't know what I could do with, with like coding. Like they didn't really explain that to us. And I think that was probably something that they could have worked on. And I think they could have also worked on making sure everyone knows what each one is. Like my friend in biotechnology had no idea what coding was, but we we're at a STEM school together. Now, that's also a problem where people in one track are not seeing what's happening in another track. Exactly. You said you were studying information systems now? Yes, I am. And so I attend Pace University where I'm majoring in information systems. It's one of the majors, I think, that really looks at how these different tracks cross over and interact with each other. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how, how is information systems in your experience? What are you learning? So it's basically, since I'm in the business school, more of the courses have been geared towards business. But in terms of technology, I've just been taking co coding courses. So I've learned Java, HTML, Python. They've also had a, has doing like a few networking. Just because they really want us to have like each component of technology within the business. Most of my classes have definitely been more business savvy, but I'm starting to like get into, I guess, some of the components of technology. And I think recognizing how those overlap is really going to be a critical part for your career and going forward, I would imagine. Right. And so I chose, because that major, it can be in the business school, but it can also be in the computer science school. But I chose the business school just because I'm more interested in the business side of it. And I was reading your, your background a little bit. You were more interested in writing when you were growing up, huh? Yes, I've always been interested in writing. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because my mom is a writer, but that's all, always been something that I've been interested in. And so I actually thought growing up that I was going to be a lawyer. Just because, I don't know, I've just always been interested in like a lot of court related shows and law shows. And so like literally I thought I was going to be a lawyer up until the internship. So that really kind of like shifted everything. Like I was looking at colleges for pre-law and political science. And so like everything shifted after that internship. Well, I, I can tell you from experience what you major in isn't always necessarily what you end up doing in your professional life. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but you say your mother was a writer then. What, what kind of writing was she doing? So she does poetry and also she has her own novel as well, which is like historical fiction. But she was also a lawyer as well. But now she's a project manager. So I definitely understand how, you know, you can go to school for one thing, but in a completely different career. So it sounds like she might have been a bit of a mentor for you on this. Yes, she definitely played a huge role in like helping me get everything together for the Kickstarter and just like all the things that have happened afterwards. Did she also help with the social media side of things or was that more something that you brought to the table? That was more so something I brought to the table. But the thing is, before this, I actually wasn't really interested in social media. I knew, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, I knew all those things, but I didn't really use it that much. So this has allowed me to like really use social media because I'm using it in a way for marketing versus just like fun and social. I've been able to like mix both. I'm really curious how you've learned to use social media, what tricks you've picked up along the way. So since a lot of my internships, even though their focus is technology, they've had some type of marketing component. So 
I've been able to do a lot of research on, you know, just marketing and social media tips and stuff like that. To, and I just applied it to my social media account. So what's worked best for you? I would say doing a mixture of social life and also business just because sometimes, because a lot of my audience, I'm particularly referring to Instagram, are younger people. So they really don't want to see business. Like they don't want to just see about my book. They also want to see, you know, what I'm doing, especially as a college student in New York, what's going on. And so that's definitely helped me. And then in terms of like, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, I think just providing knowledge. So each day I at least post one article just about something in the tech world. Just so like, if I'm up on technology, you can be too. Wow. So you're, you're writing something every day. Yes. Well, oh no, I'm not writing the articles, but I'm sharing the articles. Ah, so you're sharing something every single day. What kind of feedback are you getting from your audience? How do you know that they're enjoying what you're doing? I receive a lot of feedback, especially on LinkedIn and Instagram, just because that's where I have most of my followers, I guess. So a lot of younger girls reach out to me saying that they feel so inspired and motivated to be in the tech field because of me. And they didn't really think that you could be cool cool in technology just because they show. <laughs> Typically, if they show a girl or boy, they look like a nerd or they have glasses and all these things. And so a lot of girls are able to realize that, you know, they don't have to look like that, but they can still be interested in coding. And in terms of LinkedIn, a lot of parents and also just employees for various companies like Microsoft, Google have said that, you know, their children have become interested in coding. One guy said that he's been trying to get his daughter interested in coding for a year and a half and it hasn't worked until like, he showed her this this book because like she was able to really see herself in this because you know Sasha's savvy she's just like a 10 year old like everyone all other 10 year olds so I don't really kind of make her I just make her like a regular kid so they can kind of like relate to the character I like that now, was this the first time you tried writing a book yes I've done a, a few poems and like I guess short stories but this was my first official book that I've decided to write. <laughs> it can be a big challenge. I'm curious how you structured your time to be able to pull together an entire book. Well, so the book actually took me, I mean, it took me two years to write the book. And that's actually because I wasn't as structured with it and like deciding, you know, each week I'm going to spend this amount of time on it. But I've definitely did that now because I am working on the second book and I want it to be out by the end of August. And so I've decided like, you know, each week I actually turned on an internship so I can get this done for the summer. So like each week I have a list of like what I need to do for the book. I need to, you know, go to the library, check out children's book for inspiration and just like stuff like that. You've basically given yourself your own internship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so even though I'm not working for someone, I'm definitely still working. It sounds like the process of writing the first book taught you some things about how you're going to write your second book, though. Yes, for sure. What are you using to write your book with? What tools are you using? So with my book, I actually just use my Google Drive, Google Docs to um, write the book. I don't use any additional tools, just Google Docs. Cool. And are you working with an editor or with anybody else as you go? Or are you waiting until it's finished? Once it's completely finished, I'll then reach out to people for feedback. Like last time I reached out to four different parents and had them read the book and also had their children to see if, you know, it's something that they would like. And then I would reach out to an editor. And so the editor that I got last time, she, I think she was a kindergarten teacher or like first grade teacher. And she was a library, a school librarian. So like she really knew how kids were. And so 
I think that I'll probably go to her again because she gave me a lot of feedback and tools to use to kind of help the book. And she sounds like perfect resource for something like that. And I love that you also showed it to children. So you were like exposing it to your target audience. I wasn't sure if children were going to be interested in the book just because it was teaching them something that they may not really be interested in. So that was like a little difficult. But even though I got feedback to change the book, there was nothing like everybody liked the book. They were just giving me a few things to change. So that was good. What about illustrations? How did you work on that? So with illustrations, so my, since my mom is an author, she has a lot of like author friends. And so he recommended Vanessa to do the illustrations. And she's actually like a well-known illustrator. She She's done stuff for Scholastic, just like a lot of different children's books. And so when we reached out to her, we're very excited that she accepted to do it because she was booked into 2019. And that was 2016 <laughs> when we reached out. That makes sense. But still, illustrations are a very important part of something like this. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And it's part of how the children relate to the book as well, I think. Yeah, especially with the family and also the girls. I'm sure there are like a lot of girls that were able to see themselves in each character, whether it was Sasha, Gabby or Ashley. (laughs) And it's nice that you provided a variety of characters, too, so that there was a variety of perspectives. Right. Actually, a lot of boys who've read the book, they're more interested in me adding more details about her older brother. And so in the second book, I'll kind of like tie him in. Basically, he's interested in math. So we'll talk about like what he'll be doing with them. That's cool. I was wondering about the feedback you were getting from people who weren't your direct target demographic. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from males and also like younger boys too. And even adults. I didn't think adults would read the book who don't have children just because it is a children's book. But a lot of people are saying that just because they're interested because it's informative. And if they want to learn how to code, this might be an easier way for them to understand it. Now, the book doesn't exactly teach coding though, right? Yeah, it doesn't teach coding, but it teaches you what coding is and like just basic components, but not Like you won't know how to code by the end of the book. It just helps you understand more about coding. I'm wondering, did you reach out to any experts or professionals in order to get the information that you put in the book? I didn't. I just used what I've learned in class. (laughs) (laughs) I did some research, but a lot of it was just based off of me and the coding classes in high school, college, and all the internships that I've had. And since then, have you heard any feedback from people about what you wrote? Yes, I've received a lot of feedback from So I went to a college before the college that I'm at now. My computer science professors, they gave me great feedback because they were like, wow, like you actually paying attention to what I was teaching in class. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of great feedback from a lot of people in the tech industry. I love that. So your teachers could see their words reflected in what you were saying. Right. I think that's got to be very gratifying for a teacher. Yes, for sure. Because, you know, they don't really know if what they're teaching is going to like stick with the student or not. Absolutely. And then getting that opportunity is great. And you've stayed in touch then with the teachers you, you worked with before. Yes. With my professors at my previous college and also with teachers at my high school. That's cool. Sounds like your mother was a bit of a role model for you around this. Did you have any other role models who inspired you to do this? I think my mom has just been my main role model, but I would say Valicia Butterfield because she is she does back engagement at Google and also Bazoma St. John because she is the marketing executive at Uber. And those are, you know, African American women who are in like very big positions at tech companies and that's something that I was shocked to do. Are these people you've been able to meet? I haven't been able to meet either of them, but I've definitely been in contact with Valicia. So that's been great. 
Well, that's great. You saw them through social media, I suppose. Yes, yeah, social media. And also, I want to say last year in September, I did a campaign with Google and Snapchat. And so I was able to talk with her. Oh, that's terrific. And I imagine you're meeting people through your speaking engagements as well. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anybody interesting who's like bringing your book forward to other to new audiences? Since most of my speaking engagements have been at schools, I haven't honestly been able to. But I think, you know, if I once I do more events and probably conferences, I'll be able to meet a lot of, you know, different people in the tech industry. Okay. So you've been going out to schools and talking to people. I know one thing that a lot of authors do these days is they try to build up sort of a community of people who follow them. I'm wondering if you're working on that as well. Yes, I definitely am. For sure with Arkansas, but just with all my school, all the schools in general, just because each state that I've gone to, I've probably gone twice just because, you know, once one school has me come visit other schools in the area will want me to visit as well. And so with Arkansas, while I was there, I think I visited five schools because the governor of Arkansas bought 900 copies of my book so it can be placed into each elementary and middle school because for their reading and computer science initiative, he thought it'd be great to feature my book. So that was very exciting as well because I wasn't even sure like how he found out about the book. That is amazing. Did you find out later how he found out about it? Yes. So someone told, I'm not really clear on what the person's title was, but someone that you know, worked for Arkansas schools, told his office about it. And that's kind of how he decided to choose a book. But I'm not sure how that person found out about the book. Well, now all of the other governors are going to want to catch up with him. Yes, right. (laughs) I hope so. That's cool. So what about the students who attend your talks? Are you figuring out ways to stay in touch with them? But I think the best way for me to kind of like get them interested is basically great to explain to them that there are many different things that you can do with technology and coding. And you don't necessarily have to be a programmer to be in technology, in the technology field. So with technology, you can apply it to, you know, healthcare, you can apply it to fashion, entertainment, like you can apply it to any industry. So you don't have to necessarily be a programmer if you don't want to, because like, even though I'm interested in coding, I don't want to be a programmer. And so that route has definitely made them more interested. And then them kind of like seeing, you know, what I've been able to do with coding. I think these days coding is almost a fundamental skill. You needed to do so many things in life. Right. And so I also say, because I don't want to kind of like force them to get into coding. So I say, you know, just try to learn the skill to see if you're interested in it, because it's something that like we all need to have. We need to have this as a basic skill. I think so. And so it's interesting, though, you're talking about talking to students. And I guess you see people who are inspired by you, not just by your coding background, but also probably by your writing and by your speaking. Right. I think the kids are more interested just because I kind of explain all the things that I've done because I wrote the children's book. I've gone to a lot of different schools across the country to talk about coding and I've been featured in a lot of a few campaigns and just like them kind of seeing the celebrityness of it. <laughs> like me being on Good Morning America. I was in a Disney campaign. Just them kind of seeing like themselves in this. Like maybe they won't necessarily write a book, but they can do a lot of things with technology. I'll bet doing all of this, you've also met a lot of interesting folks. Yes, I have met certain celebrities, but the only way I've really met them is because of my one of my internships. So one of my fashion internships allowed me to actually go to New York Fashion Week. And so I was able to meet a lot of different celebrities there. Wow. So I don't think I caught that before. You do fashion as well. Yes. So I've had overall eight internships. And so the main thing is technology, but it's been in the fashion industry, education, technology, and also business. And so I've had two fashion-related internships. 
And at that one, since it was a luxury shoe company, marketing company, I was able to be in those spaces. Wow. And I imagine that this all gets reflected in your Instagram feed. Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) How does this translate back into the schoolwork that you're doing these days? Even though, you know, I do a lot of speaking engagements throughout the school year, I definitely have a set schedule. So last semester, because the semester's over now, I was only in class from Monday through Wednesday just so I can, you know, have Thursday and Friday for travel to go to the schools. And I just kind of like let my professors know beforehand, before class started, when I would be gone and also like what I'm doing. So this is why, like, if I potentially miss a class or whatever the case may be. Because sometimes people wanted me to speak on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I kind of had to like alter my class schedule. I like that you haven't let the fact that you're in school stop you from doing these things to to build your career. Yes. And so I honestly, I just consider it as a job because, you know, a lot of students have part-time jobs in school. So I just kind of like use that as my, you know, job. So is it actually providing you with some financial support at this point? Yes, it's definitely helped me a lot, which is why I was able to turn down the internship because if not, I would definitely be interning at this point. But I've, you know, saved up a lot of money from these speaking engagements where I can have a few months of just like trying to publish the second book, have products come out, and also try to do speaking engagements at camps this summer. That makes sense. So what can you tell us about the second book? So in the second book, I will say that Ashley, Gabby, and Sasha are going to create their own startup, their own technology startup. And her older brother will help them with the process. So that's kind of like the main thing. And so I want this to be a book series. And so there'll be one more book after that. And that book will be when the girls actually pitch their startup idea to investors. (laughs) I love this. So you're going from learning to creating a startup to getting VC. Sounds very Silicon Valley. Yes. And so in the back of the book, I have a glossary list of like words that you should know in coding. So each book will have that. Like, you know, a lot of 10 or 12 year olds don't really know what a startup is. So I would like explain in the back of the book and also about, you know, VC and all of that stuff in the third book. Are the kids going to be growing up through the series or will they be staying the same age? So they'll grow up. So she'll be 11 at this point. Okay. And so basically I want um, a book out each year and then, so yeah, they'll, they'll grow up with Sasha and her friends. So it's a little bit like Harry Potter that way. Yes, in a way. (laughs) Well, and we'll see where that goes. So I'm sure that my listeners are going to want to find out how they can get in touch with you and how they can find out more about what you're doing. Where should I send them? Okay, so I actually have a website and it's SashaArielAustin.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook, which is The STEM Queen and Twitter also. Yeah, so those are the main things. But if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's Sasha Aria Austin. And the book is actually on Amazon. So if you're interested in wanting to purchase the book, you can get it there. But also you can get it on Barnes & Noble and just other online websites. Fantastic. And when are you going to be graduating? So I'll be graduating December of 2019. All right. And hitting the ground running, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on Hack the Process. It's been a real pleasure meeting you. Thank you. It was very nice meeting you as well. Are you glad you listened to this episode of Hack the Process? Then take an action now. Make a note about something you just heard and how it's going to help you as you hack your own process. And let me know about it. This has been M. David Green, your host for Hack the Process. You can tweet me at Hack the Process, leave a review for the show on iTunes, and visit hacktheprocess.com to check out the show notes for this episode and join our community of process hackers. Thanks for listening.